This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. The Democrats... They want to nationalize their failed policies that you've seen in California, Illinois, and New York, and several other states. That's what the Democrats want to do, nationalize their proven-to-be failed policies. Welcome to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network, Exposing Washington on the AFR Network. Glad to have you with us. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net's the website. Go there, check out the podcast. Click on the podcast link at the top of the page. Scroll down to Exposing Washington. And not only can you listen to past shows, including this one, but you can also listen to, uh, or you can read, rather, articles that I talk about. So some of the news articles that I, that I read from and talk about You can go there, find out everything you need to know about exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. Walker Wildman here. I'm your host. Glad to be with you. We're going to talk about some of the Democrats' failed policies across the country and how they want to take those policies, those statewide policies, and nationalize them. We're also going to talk about the spending spree that Washington, D.C. seems to always be on. I mean, they just spend so much money, it'll make your head spin. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we'll go over some of the things, some of the basic things that Washington could do to fix this out-of-control spending problem that they have. And some people might say that, you know, having debt is okay as a country and and... I might agree with that to a certain extent, but the debt that we're in, my friends, is is tremendous and not in a good way. And it's uh it's out of control. Nobody's trying to slow it down or stop it. And that combination of factors is not good for the future of the country and for uh, future generations. AFR.net, as I said, is a website, and you can watch the show on YouTube. I want to read a little bit. I wrote an op-ed for our local newspaper. I do this about every six weeks, uh, the Daily Journal, and I'll post a link to this on uh, the podcast page. But the headline is, the title of the article is, Democrat candidates want to nationalize their failed policies. And in this article, I talk about watching the Democrat debate, which we spoke about a couple weeks ago on the show. And as I watch this debate... It was as if I was watching a political debate in Cuba or Venezuela. The type of talking points and ideas, horrible ideas, that these Democrat candidates had, it was as if we were watching a political debate in Cuba or Venezuela. For example, two of the candidates, Senator Elizabeth Warren and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, they vowed, they rose their they, they raised their hand 
and vowed to abolish, make illegal, yes, I said it, private health insurance companies. Private health insurance companies. Get this. So if you have health insurance through your employer, through a private health insurance plan, if Bill de Blasio and Elizabeth Warren had their way, your plan would be made illegal overnight, and then you would be left to find a government-run health insurance plan. How many people, how many Americans enjoy private health insurance? A whopping 160 million. And that's on the lower side of the estimates. 68% of Americans age 18 to 64, which is pretty much the range where you, where you qualify for health insurance. 68% of Americans, this is in 2018, 2018, 68% of Americans age 16 to 64, that's working age, relied on private health insurance. This says 136 million Americans will be without health insurance overnight, uh, but but that's that's not even counting you know dependents like children that you have on your plan that would be without. So the number could go up, like I said, to even 160 million. That's one aspect that the the Democrats want to do. The second aspect has to do with illegal immigration. But before I jump onto that, I want to stay on the health care for a few more minutes. And delve farther into this, because when you hear the term Medicare for all, which is what they're calling it, it sounds great, doesn't it? And even on paper, it might look good. But let's talk about a few of the details, a few of the flaws. One is that this so-called Medicare for all would continue paying out at the current Medicare rates. At the current Medicare rates. What does that mean, Walker? Well, if you abolish private health insurance and the only option available is, is this Medicare for all and they're paying at the same stagnant rates that they've been paying for years, what does that mean? That means hospitals all across the country would go bankrupt and then the ones that were remaining would be unprofitable. They would break even at best when it comes to their internal budget. That's what this Medicare for all would do, not to mention the effect of the stagnant Medicare payout rate. The effect of that would mean doctors wouldn't be paid as much, which would mean the high-quality doctors would leave the workforce and find something else to do, or they would move to another country and practice there where they can make uh, make much more money. That's a few of the things. And then, you know, the, the uh, a, you want to see in real time what Medicare for All would look like. You look at the VA system. You look at the Veterans Affairs system where you've had thousands of veterans who've died waiting for care, where they ration care for our veterans. You look at that system, 
That's what Medicare for all would look like. It would be horrendous, horrible, no good, bad idea. Like I mentioned, the, the second thing and the last thing we'll talk about this when it comes to these horrible Democrat policies is illegal immigration. One of the candidates at the debate a few weeks ago, Julian Castro, the former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Obama, he pledged to what? Decriminalize illegal immigration. Decriminalize illegal immigration. I'm going to play a clip. This is clip two from the debate a few weeks ago. This is a montage. This isn't just Julian Castro, although it does include him here. But this is a montage of all the Democrats talking about their crazy ideas. Clip two. Let's listen. If I were president today, I would sign an executive order that would get rid of Trump's zero tolerance policy, the remain in Mexico policy and the metering policy. And that would go to the root cause of the issue, which is we need a Marshall Plan for Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador so that people can find safety and opportunity at home instead of coming to the United States to seek it. Wind turbines, electric vehicles, green energy, fossil fuels, solar and other renewables. Our existential threat is climate change. We have to confront it before it's too late. Senator Warner. Climate change. Yeah, Senator Booker. Nuclear proliferation and climate change. Secretary uh, Castro. Say, uh, China and climate change. And healthcare also has to mean that every woman can make her own decisions about her own body and has access to the care that makes that possible. Let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, uh, is poor, doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And I am the only candidate here who has passed a law Protecting a woman's right of reproductive health and health insurance. I just want to say there's three women up here that have fought pretty hard for a woman's right to choose. So I'll start with that. Well, there you have it. So that's the Democrats. That's a slew of Democrats all touting their socialist policies. And these people are not democratic socialists. There's nothing democratic about the, what they want to do. A couple things here. The first one is, like I said, Julian Castro, the candidate, he said... He wants to basically decriminalize. No, he said these exact words. It wasn't in that clip, but he said this. He wants to decriminalize illegal immigration. What does that mean? That means crossing the border illegally would become a civil offense. What does that mean? It means at worst they would face a fine. Cross the border illegally, pay your $500 fine. You're into America. No questions asked. The other thing is the they were asked... What is the what is the biggest or the greatest threat to America? And the vast majority of the candidates said climate change. Global warming, climate change is the greatest threat facing America. Oh, let's don't talk about our debt. Let's talk about climate change, which is non-existent. Global warming is actually non-existent. That's why they moved on to the term climate change. But the climate's always changing. That's why in the South, in the United States, we have four seasons. Because the climate changes, because the Earth rotates and uh, around the uh, sun, or the, the Earth rotates. So the last thing that you heard there was the governor from Washington saying that he wants to, just like he's done in the state of Washington, force private health insurance companies 
assuming we'll still have them, to pay for abortions, pay for baby killing. That's uh, what the uh, what the the governor out of Washington said he wants to do across the country. Before we move on, I want to play one more clip. This is from the debate a couple weeks ago. Clip one. This is talking about how much the Democrats hate President Trump, how much they love to speak in a foreign language, and how they want to abolish capitalism. Clip one. Let's listen. Who is this economy really working for? It's doing great for a thinner and thinner slice at the top. Senator Warren. Senator Warren. Senator Warren. Senator Warren. You know, I'm very different than everyone else here on the stage. Something that sets me apart. I was an entrepreneur. I've been raising a black son. I'm proud to have been the first governor. I think I'm the only one. To stand up against Donald Trump's heinous Muslim ban. I hear gunshots in my neighborhood. I enlisted in the Army National Guard after the Al-Qaeda terror attacks on 9-11. I'm one of the few candidates in this race with executive experience. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. La situación ahora es inaceptable. Y estoy postulando por presidente de los Estados Unidos. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands, starting off with. Well, there you have it. Senator Cory Booker there said, I hear gunshots in my neighborhood. Poor Senator Booker. He hears gunshots in his neighborhood. Don't try to act like the victim here. You're easily making six figures. I think the, I think a U.S. senator makes $150,000, $160,000. Brent, if you don't mind, look that up. The salary of a U.S. senator, it's, it's, it's over six figures, somewhere between one hundred and fifty and 170000 that that Senator Booker makes a year, not to mention the taxpayers pay for his travel back and forth to New Jersey, I believe is where he's from. Well, Senator Cory Booker there is trying to act like he's living in downtown in the south side, $174,000 a year. That's what my producer Brent just said is what a U.S. senator makes in 2019. Senator Cory Booker is trying to act like, you know, the, the, the poor guy on the, on the corner on the south side of Chicago who's hearing gunshots in the middle of the night. Are you kidding me? If you just talk about you hear gunshots, I'm in Mississippi. I hear gunshots in the middle of the night, too. Uh, I hear gunshots all the time. But that doesn't mean it's it's crime going on. Some people might just be shooting their guns, but don't try to act like you you know you're you're a victim here. And that's what that's what the Democrats are trying to do is they're all trying to play the victim card. They've all been discriminated against. They've all been victimized, and they need to be president. Jumping back on on what what it would look like to abolish the health insurance industry, the private health insurance industry. As of 2007, and this is this is old statistics, so these numbers have likely risen, but this is the latest number I could find from 2007. 444,000 Americans were employed by the private health insurance industry. That dates, dates back to August of 2007, and who knows what that number is now. I'm not going to try to guesstimate, but 444,000 Americans were employed by the private health insurance industry back in 2007 so you abolish private health insurance overnight that's uh nearly a half a million at least americans out of a job overnight want to look at california's failed policies i mean i'm sorry yeah california's failed policies but the democrats overall their failed policies across the country you look at california i've talked about this several times 
You know, the politicians and the media, they brag about how great California is. It's a great place to live. California's thriving. They've got the, the largest economy or the most GDP, you know, in, in one of the largest economies in the world. Well, guess what? California's the when it comes to debt, California as a state has the most debt out of any other state in the U.S. Six hundred and seventeen billion dollars. Six hundred and seventeen billion dollars is how much debt California has. The number two state is New York with just three hundred billion. So California has twice the amount of debt as New York, which New York falls as the number two most indebted state when it comes to their state and local governments. Not to mention, California has the highest unemployment rate. Uh, No, that's not true. They do not have the highest unemployment rate for each state. They have a high unemployment rate. And the the homelessness problem there is, is a legitimate crisis. And I have some numbers here on that. California... The only reason I mention California, because we have to look at real life examples as to where these Democrat ideas would take us, where these Democrat ideas would take us. Well, let's look at where these policies have been implemented. Look out again to California and you ask, well, how many people are homeless out in California? Well, I'll answer that question for you. And just from 2016 to 2017, Year over year, it rose. The homelessness in California jumped nearly 14% from 2016 to 2017 to a total of more than 134,000 people who are now homeless in California. It uh, rose nearly 9% over the previous seven years. When you look across the national homeless population, it only ticked up 1% in 2017 so california homeless population is rising dramatically compared to the rest of the country and that's because of their failed policies out in california so do we want to bring that uh, to washington dc and nationalize the democrats failed policy i would hope not i would say absolutely not a good idea let's transition back to washington dc talk about a familiar subject that we talk about pretty often on the show or at times on the show and that is the debt our nation's debt in in America our country's debt the money that our government borrows is over 20 trillion dollars and I believe it's over 21 we'll see what it is looking at the real-time US debt clock and 22.5 trillion dollars going up by the minute here as you look at the national debt clock i'll post a link to this on our podcast page at afr.net the exposing washington podcast page at afr.net but the conversation now is you know every six months or year the lawmakers in washington dc are they debate on number one how much money do we want to include in next year's budget and do we want to raise the debt ceiling and you're going to see this in the media you're going to see the headline lawmakers you know that they're they're coming up on a deadline to increase the debt ceiling blah 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 i want to i want to explain this to give a little background here what is the debt ceiling 
and I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an economist, but I will quote one. Harry Holzer, who's professor of public policy at Georgetown University, here's what he had to say about the debt ceiling in Washington D.C. and the debate each year about it. He said, quote, the debt ceiling is a politically created barrier. It would be very much a man-made crisis if we don't raise it. And it would be a terrible way to induce physical discipline. It would be very costly. Moving on, he says, or another another economist, Mark Zandi, at, from Moody's Analytics, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, he said this about the debt ceiling. We've already spent the money. Now all we're doing is simply paying for it. That's what the debt ceiling is all about. So my question is, why is there even a debate about the debt ceiling? Why is there even a debate about it? Because as these folks have said, we've already spent the money. We've already spent as a country this money. So what are we going to do? Default or say, no, we're not going to pay our bills. We've already spent the money. Why is the debt ceiling even a debate? I think it's a political football that both Democrats and Republicans like to use so that they can attach it to a spending bill and create this big boogeyman out here, the debt ceiling, so that under underneath the boogeyman they can pass these wild, elaborate, out-of-control spending bills. That's what I think... That's why I think the debt ceiling, the red herring debt ceiling has been created is to pass out of control spending bills in the guise of uh, of raising the debt ceiling. And one one uh, piece of evidence, a piece of evidence that that proves what I'm saying here is that President Trump in the White House said, how about this? Let's break these up into two separate issues. Let's pass the, pass the budget over here, and let's pass the debt ceiling over here. Let's don't couple these things into one piece of legislation. Guess what the Democrats and Republicans said? Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. They have to be one package. This has to be one big package, the debt ceiling, which has to be raised, and the uh, a spending, the, the budget. Democrats and Republicans, they said, no, 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 no. These got to be in one piece of legislation. Why? Because they want to use the debt ceiling as a bargaining tool to spend on all these wasteful projects that they do every year and pass an out-of-control budget. And guess what? President Trump will sign it. So President Trump called their hand on that by by recommending uh, raising the debt ceiling uh, separate from the budget but democrats and republicans said no we have to do it together why so that they can continue uh, using it as a as a political football to raise spending all we would have to do as a country if you want to get our spending under control you simply freeze it you freeze spending year over year better yet if you really want to get our spending under control you start slashing these department budgets, these federal department budgets, you start cutting spending. That's how you save money. That's how you start to get a hold of our fiscal problem. But guess what? 
hardly anyone, well, no one in leadership in Washington, D.C., wants to get our country back on the straight path when it comes to fiscal responsibility. Another reason, another way that I know this is because guess what's coming up in the headlines again? Not only are we dealing with the with the red herring debt ceiling that has to be raised, there's no questions asked, but the 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 lawmakers in Washington, they've had like eight months, six to eight months to pass spending bills for fiscal year 2020 and they've passed zero zero they haven't passed one they haven't passed one uh, out of 12 spending bills in washington dc this is absolutely astonishing and it begs the question it really does what do they do what do what do lawmakers and I'm not even sure we can call them lawmakers cuz they don't make that many laws. What do they do in Washington DC? They spend our tax dollars flying back and forth to Washington DC and they get nothing done. Passing a budget is one of the most fundamental basic responsibilities of Congress. And we're coming up two months away from the budget deadline, and they've passed nothing. It doesn't matter whether you're a conservative, Republican, Democrat, socialist. I don't care what you are when it comes to how you vote. But this should make everyone mad. That we're footing the bill. We're paying U.S. Senators $174,000 a year. To go to Washington, D.C., hold these hearings on stupid stuff, waste everybody's tax dollars, waste everybody's time, and then they get nothing done. And what do they do? They wait until the last minute, and then they ram something through that's horrible. And someone else agrees with me on this. I'm not the only one outraged about this. Senator Mike Enzi of of Wyoming, Republican out of Wyoming, he's the budget committee chairman in the Senate. Here's what he said. Quote, too often in Washington, we govern by crisis, waiting until the last minute to make the thorny decisions that everyone knows we need to make. That's what he said at last month's hearing on reforming the spending process. Senator Mike Enzi is exactly, he's spot on. Too often in Washington, we govern by crisis, waiting until the last minute to make the thorny decisions that everyone knows need to be made. Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network, Walker Wildman here, your host. Visit our website, AFR.net afr.net check out our app on your smartphone download the afr or american family radio app on your smartphone we'll see you next week with more of exposing washington
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.